Record. Going meta. What does that mean exactly, and why is this the highest level of learning? So, I want to make this episode because you might not understand what going meta means. So, what we're going to do is I'm going to look up the definition. I'm going to go over what what I think this means based on my own experience of trying to do this and why I think this is the highest level of understanding. So, stay tuned. Record. So, one of the most common def- def- definitions is an awareness of itself, a self-referential awareness. So, going meta literally means becoming aware of the thing itself, referencing this thing itself. Um, and there's different ways of doing this, and it's 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 um it depends on which way how deep you want to go with this because there's different levels of meta, and you can go meta on meta itself, like, and you can even go meta on your ideas of what meta itself is, like, um, so when you go meta, it's it's more about like how your your meta is displaying itself. Because when you're meta, like, what we're doing right now is, is we're understanding meta, we're self-referencing meta. It's it's meta-meta at that point. Like, we're talking about how meta works, what it looks like, how it feels, and things like this. It's kind of an interesting thing, how this kind of work. So, um, there was an interesting example that was given in this different... De- de- um, this dictionary was like uh, a good example of something that's meta is a bar that's actually named the bar. It's it's meta. It's referencing itself. So when we're talking about awareness, we don't just talk about becoming aware. We talk about what awareness feels like. What is awareness doing? Why does awareness like get distracted and it, and it gets kind of Sometimes thoughts kind of distract awareness away from what we're supposed to be paying attention to. And the reason it is because your your mind, your thoughts. I mean, it's it's kind of an interesting thing to say, but your thoughts in some ways are some of the closest things to you. I don't mean close like romantically, but like close as in like you have things from a distance. Like, you, you know, other people or something. They're from a distance, in a sense. They're they're more distant to you, location-wise, and uh, in a sense, kind of like feeling-wise, from like self-wise. Like you can't experience the other person's feelings, emotions for the most part. Like you can, but you know it's different. It's not as strong as you are your own, perhaps. But your thoughts are closest. They're the closest thing that you have. Uh, unless you talk about awareness, but of course awareness has really no qualities. And so it doesn't really compute in the same way because it's not really like, you know, because when you try and become aware of awareness, like focus, try and become aware of what awareness feels like right now. You might notice that it kind of has a certain feeling to it, but it's not, you know, definable necessarily. So much as it is like a a feeling inside of your head, 
maybe, or some kind of sensation. But those things aren't really necessarily awareness. They're sensations or feelings, or they're, you know, maybe your thoughts say, well, I'm not thing aware, but the thoughts come and go, these sensations can kind of come and go. But it is a kind of a, it almost feels like a sensation and uh, things like this. So meta, meta is becoming aware of the thing itself, referencing this thing itself, self-referential. So I had an idea, a really interesting, cool idea for like what news sites could do, for instance. Like if you are um in the media like if you're a journalist right now this might be something to consider this is something i've thought about because we see a lot of this problem with bias and stuff in journalism so the idea i had was to get um a frame checker somebody who checks out like say you have a story on something you know where what sites are Presenting it more than other sites. Is it more of a left-wing bias? Is it more of a right-wing bias? Things like this. And we point this out in the stories. In the in beginning or the end. Whatever it is. And we point out the point of view of the author. Who's who's also you know, writing the story. And so we're going meta on a story. So we, so we realize, wait a minute. You know, this could be influencing this article. This also could be influencing this article. Because we can also point out that this particular journal whatever it is this you know maybe it's new york times or whatever doesn't matter is also typically more left wing versus right wing whatever it is and so you can kind of go meta on your news itself and then we can point out like different like levels of this as well where we can say well this is typically true for like the left's point of view, but the right says this and things like this. Like, we can go deeper. And <clears throat> it's kind of an interesting proposition because you're taking... You're, like, when you do this, people are like, whoa, this is really interesting. Like, you don't really see anything like this. And this is why meta is more encompassing. Like, it's more all-encompassing than, like, the way we typically approach things. Like, typically what we have... If we have people saying things like, oh, we need to learn how, you know, we, we need to learn more. We need to learn critical thinking, things like this. But what they don't tell you is how do we go meta on this? How do we learn how to learn? You know, we think we know how to learn, but we don't necessarily. Um, you know, there's been a lot of myths about education, how to further it and things like this. And that was his book that I was reading. It was, it was like a month ago, but it was talking about all these different myths of education that people in, in schools still believe to this day, despite the information that this book is giving us. So, um, that's going meta on the education system. You can literally reference it and talk about how the education system is influenced by, you know, you know, maybe it's influenced more by popular science and psychology rather than actual science and psychology. Because typically popular psychology and science is not necessarily the most accurate science and psychology that exists. Uh, and the reason being mostly is because it's it's not either it's um, 
was misunderstood by the media, or it is, you know, it was based on like a, a study that wasn't replicated later on, so science realized that it was wrong, or whatever the case might be, or the sample sizes were too small, or and so there's all kinds of different things influencing how science sees certain studies over others. And that's going meta on the science, explaining what science is doing, becoming aware of the limitations of of science and stu- studies studies. Um, and this is why I say it's all encompassing because what it allows you to do, because typically what you have is a frame of reference. So this video's frame of reference is coming from the frame of reference of recording. So the episode is more about guiding principles rather than like rigid rules, structure like, oh, you should go meta, you should do this. No, it's more like this is what happens when you do this. And if you want to do this, it's cool. <clears throat> I already made an episode about that. <laughs> Last episode that you'll see. Um, so yeah, I'm planning a lot of this stuff ahead. Like I'm hoping to have in a week or two a, a good enough um, catalog ahead of time so that I'll be able to rest a week or two, come up with some more episodes, uh, titles and ideas. Um, because what I'm doing lately is I'm going meta here and I'm telling you what's happening. So the idea basically, and I'll get into why this is, but basically what I'm doing is I'm, uh, because that's, that's the meta element to it. But anyways, I'm going into, uh, what I'm starting to do is I'm starting to, uh, write down what I want to make as, as podcasts. Then I make them, then I make the ones that I feel I can make. And then I save others for when I feel I can actually make them, um, and I've already got like eight or nine lined up, or it's I think it's about six or seven actually by now. But you know I got a bunch of like lined up right now, and we are currently on November nineteenth. This is going to be the nineteenth. It's going to be released. So, um, and the reason why I'm doing it this way is because number one, I find it to make me a little bit clearer on what I want to do. Um. I might actually start writing, like, some general outlines as well for episodes. Not, like, scripts or even, like, I wouldn't think so being in this order and this order and this order, but so much, not so much that, rather than, like, these are the ideas I want to talk about. It doesn't have to be in any order, but this is what I want to talk about. I might start doing that more as well. Anything to get my episodes a little bit more planned so that they can kind of, like, you can kind of listen to them and kind of get a structure of what's happening. Um, and um, the meta element of this is, you know, the episode, the reason why I'm doing it this way is because the episodes are themselves often very unplanned and unprepared. And sometimes that causes problems because I can't do it properly and things like this. And you find yourself wondering why sometimes my episodes seem sometimes kind of circular. That's part of the, part of the reason why. Um, so I'm going to uh, leave this one here.
for now I'm going to um publish it but I'm not going I'm, I'm going to add more to it later but uh anyways this is specific on talk to the next session so why is going meta <clears throat> why is going meta so important <clears throat> And this is where we find ourselves um, kind of at a loss for words because typically what you see is people explaining things within, within the paradigms of the thing itself. You know, if we're talking about politics, for instance, we, we talk about it within the paradigms of politics and we don't go admit it on politics and explain how politics has certain, you know, why politics has divisiveness and what politics looks like and things like this. We usually talk about policy or we talk about how a certain character is bad or wrong or whatever. You know, I've done that before. Uh, and so you can kind of go meta on politics by understanding it self-referencing it self-reference just means like you you reference the thing itself within the conversation itself so say you're talking about yourself easy way to say, say uh, to explain this is like when you uh, go meta on yourself go meta self you explain yourself you, you um but that's coming from the paradigm. So you explain why the self has this view and whatever. It's these uh, views. But then you can even go beyond this to a certain extent. Like you can go into this from a position of meta, meta self. So when you're talking about self... You must explain what you mean by self because what I've noticed happens, and I might talk about this more on another episode. I've talked about this plenty of times already, but I might want to go into this in a in a very like practical way one day. But anyways, but when you talk when you uh, talk about the self, you don't really talk about the aspects of the self. What do you think the self is? Why do you think this is what the self is? And give me like examples, like observationally speaking, um, because the self is not as concrete as it may seem. But the the mind itself gives it this like illusion of concreteness by creating this this uh, idea of a stable of of a stable self. But just like attention and memory, a lot of this is vulnerable to the outside. Um, it's kind of hard to explain, but like, so again, an example of how memory is vulnerable. So say you're trying to remember somebody's number and somebody next to you starts saying out numbers out loud, like nine, six, three, nine, four, you know, it's going to make it hard for you to know the number properly because you, you're, you can't remember when everybody else is chanting numbers. Um, 
and attention is vulnerable in several ways. Um, unless you're really good at hyperfocus, at which I often am, you know, because I have uh, kind of developed this uh, gift of sorts of tuning out what seems to be useless information. Um, like if I'm focusing on something for an episode, sometimes somebody will call and I won't even notice because I'm not you know, pay, paying attention in that kind of realm. You know, it's like a an intense laser focus. <clears throat> so we're going meta on focus, we're going meta on self, memory. But these things can be very vulnerable to outside influences in many cases. And the self is no exception because the the self that people point to has more to do with their persona in the world than it does like their actual self. Um, I made an episode called You Are Not The Things That You Do Think or Experience. You Are The One Impacted By Them. I'm going to all this, but I want to go more into this uh, in explaining the persona and in, in deeper uh, one day. But uh, the self is not self-referential in a sense, because you're not explaining the aspects of self. You're not, you know, telling yourself what these aspects are and deconstructing those on yourself. Like, why? Why would this be the case? You know, does this thing come and go? Whatever it is, does it, you know? Whatever it is, because the the reason why this this happens, the reason why the self is seen as the the persona is seen as the self, is because ninety percent of your actions come from this persona, because it's outside, and so it, it favors you, or it uh, how do I put it is in some ways necessary to identify with it. You know, like, for instance, if you do something wrong outside in the outside world or whatever, and then you, if you, and if you don't really identify with the persona, you can, you can't really be ashamed, and so you can't really correct the record, according to the ideas of shame and guilt and stuff like this. I've explained why that's, that idea is wrong and why shame and guilt doesn't really work, but the self has to believe it's the persona so that it can use the persona properly. But the persona is just a tool. It's just a way of understanding the self, uh, what's happening out lo- outside and whatnot. Same thing with the ego. Like, a lot of spiritual teachers have um, kind of like this almost inimical relationship with the ego and they always talk about how the ego is bad and the ego is evil and it's wrong and all this other stuff but really what the ego is is a tool you know it's neither good or bad it's how you how it either uses you because it's you're not disciplined enough or focused enough to uh overcome that use or you know you agree with it because it convinces you or whatever and then that becomes a problem
Um, although there is no separation there, but it kind of feels like it sometimes. Um, but the ego is based on certain elements of... <clears throat> this is another interesting one, too, because a lot of times the ego is based often on the persona as well. Because the ego has a lot of... Like, it's it's different because the ego is typically more closer to self and self-referential. But it gains a lot of its... Um, meaning from interacting and acting through the persona. <clears throat> and so you, as a self, are seen as these things. And so we can go meta on the self, and we call that meta-self. We can go into what is the self, why is the self, what are these aspects, what are the aspects of the self. And we can, we can try and deconstruct it. And eventually we can even go meta on our deconstruction and go, why is this per particular deconstruction correct? And then we can deconstruct <laughs> even further. Like we could do that. We can t and that could take us 10, 20 years to deconstruct in, in a natural, easy um, way and still not even get to the bottom of it all because there's so much there. Um, because once you remove a layer, see a layer, there's like 10 million other layers. And then sometimes the ego will add a layer because it, you know, the ego doesn't want these, these layers to be dismantled because the layers help it to navigate the world and things like this. Um, it's one of the reasons why deconstruction can be so uh, problematic sometimes because you're, like, if you go too far with it too quickly, sometimes it can even make you insane because... The, the mind itself is the very layers that help it work are being stripped away the very layers that keep it running keep this program running are being stripped away so fast that they can't be reproduced quick enough and so that's why I advocate for a balanced approach of not going too quickly not going too slowly things like this and I will probably make more episodes on deconstruction in the future so, meta is all-encompassing because what it does is it allows you to go beyond this particular frame of reference by self-referencing the frame of reference, explaining the self the frame of reference, even even and even deconstructing it if necessary, to even go even more meta and more deep into this. Um, <clears throat> And then we can go meta on the frame of, frame of reference meta that we went, that we just did. Like, we can go meta on that and then keep going meta, 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 meta. Like, it just can keep going on forever and ever. I think that's what this whole thing is about. It's it's um, not about getting money. I mean, I think it's about a bunch of things. But one of them, I think, is going meta on all this stuff so that we can kind of go beyond it. Um... One, one example is this idea of a persona, like the mask is like, you know, keeping us enslaved in some ways. Um, so, there's a certain like feeling that it gives you 
when you go meta properly because what it does is it opens you up it opens your mind up it can even open up your heart chakra if you're going meta on like your certain emotions um and going meta itself no matter what it is has like um I don't know, it's kind of like an interesting quality of like, ah, you know, I don't know, like you open yourself up, and there's almost like, you could have like these aha moments much more often when you go meta on things. Uh, Not that aha moments don't necessarily happen when you don't go meta, but typically they do, I think, happen more often when you go meta, because you're you're explaining and understanding aspects of something in such a deep way that you know you almost have no choice but to have these aha moments because you're going so deep into this and that's why minute is all encompassing because you can literally go beyond paradigms these frames of reference and you can kind of like reach this point where you've gone beyond most, if not all, of your frames of reference. And you can kind of see behind them, so to speak. Because what's really interesting is that there often is like a mechanics uh, thing going on with frames of reference. We, we, you might think that frames of reference are just like frames of reference and they don't really have any mechanisms to them. But they they kind of do. They have like a certain ways in which they protect themselves from being uh, too investigated. Because once you start investigating them, they start falling apart. Like a lot of the big, a lot of the big ones that we have, will start falling apart the more that we investigate them because we realize the. The flaws within the construction. And that might sound like a bad thing, but then we can put it back together while going meta on the thing that we're putting together. And of course, using observation and whatnot to putting these things back together in a way that has way less flaws than the thing that you had before, whatever that was. And so this is why I'm, I say go met, going meta is all-encompassing because it, what it allows you to do is it allows you to approach anything from all frames and angles. Uh, it might take you some time, depending on how complicated the thing is, but it can be done and it can help you to understand what this thing is. Um... I might go deeper on an episode about how to do this because it, it's very context-dependent, honestly, because it, it depends on what the word of the thing is. But um, basically, I think the ways in which to do this involve becoming aware of the thing itself. What, what do you want to understand more? Whatever it is. Maybe it's your relationship with somebody. Whatever it is. Become aware of the relationship itself understand the aspects of the relationship and once you do that properly enough you can start deconstructing some of these these aspects and going into why these aspects are 
you're right or wrong based on observation, based on some of the ideas I've told you that you can then, you know, glean with more observation and whatnot until you reach a point with this relationship that you've overcome a lot of these flaws that, like, the, the mind creates where it, because it tries to uh, create security and stability. I call it the certainty calculator because what it does is it tries to create this illusion of certainty and stability and security, which is basically almost the same thing, pretty much. Uh, stability, security is more about certainty in the outside world, while certainty is more like certain uh, certainty in the inside world, related to thoughts and ideas and whatnot. Um, you can think of it in that way. But anyways, and so you can then improve your relationship because of this. But you have to go meta. You have to become aware of these different aspects. Because it's not... Because what, what you, usually what I see people do is they... They judge thing based on the whole thing. Like, this relationship is good. This relationship is bad. But usually it's not that simple. Usually what it is is that certain aspects of the relationship is 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 causing you problems. But the relationship as, as a whole might actually be moderately good. So I usually look at aspects rather than things as a whole. Um, you may start with things as a whole, and then you can look deeper and find these different aspects. I want to maybe I should go deeper in the, into this because it is a pretty new understanding that I've been really kind of grasping these last couple of months. Um, but anyways, the relationship as a whole, you know, it doesn't really tell you a whole lot about the relationship. So, for instance, you could have a relationship that's good overall, and then you, you see that, and you, and you say, oh, this relationship is going good, but then there are certain aspects that aren't, and then those could get worse over time. But because you're not looking at these different aspects of a relationship, you fail to see and realize the the problems that are coming out from below, so to speak. <laughs> it's hard to explain what that means, but what I mean basically is that you say you have a relationship that's mostly going good, but sometimes what will happen is that there's a, there's a lack of communication going on about certain things, you know, based on, like, the ideas of loving versus non-loving actions. I've already talked about this. You know, are actions inherently loving or non-loving, the episode type title was. And basically the idea is that <clears throat> actions or ideas about love keep you from communicating properly sometimes with the person that you love because you... A lot of people have this, like, weird notion sometimes where it's like, oh, I don't want to, you know, imbalance the harmony that we have together and, and be honest because then that would not be loving or whatever. And that aspect can cause miscommunications and cause you more problems and even more resist resentments and resistance to what is. And so this is what I say. This is why I say not to look at something as a whole for the most part, but to look at their aspects of the thing itself and judge based on deconstruction and, and going meta on the aspect and stuff whether the aspect is correct or wrong or right you know based on observation and things like this 
So, anyways, this is a deeper perspective, or <laughs> this is the specifist. I haven't been in a deeper perspective for a couple of weeks, so I'm still getting used to it, I guess. And I'll talk to you in the next episode.